welcome back to the Rural Rockstar. Today I bring you a very special interview with Louise O'Neill from Farm Life Fitness. Now, many of you may have heard of Louise as she was the WA winner of the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award this year and so a finalist in the national round. So it was just a real treat to get to speak to her. And we do hear a bit about her why for creating her business, but we, what I really wanted to do was share with you her wonderful tips and you know her approach to really supporting rural people with their health and well-being. And so there's some really practical advice and it's you know, real, I think you'll find that there's a lot of help and benefit in it for you and really just normalizing that a lot of people find it very hard. And it's, it is like it is, it's daily work and it's work to really look after our mental and physical health. And so I really want to normalize that and show that, you know, there are ways that we can learn to go about it. And what I loved about this chat was that Louise shares with us, you know, the really, the broader reasons why we need to do this work and it's not just about showing up for the exercise it's about the broader things that we need to kind of unpack and understand why we want to do this work there's also some really helpful advice on how to support your partner in this work and your family even and why that's so important and it was just a really really great chat so louise is a, is a she's a farmer and a wife and a mom and she's a fitness trainer and she's you know busy like many of us but She's really doing this work and her business is just a wonderful support. And it's really at that prevention end, which I absolutely love. And we, we chat about that in the podcast too. So I'm sure you're really going to enjoy this chat as much as I did. And I could have talked to Louise all day. So without any further ado, let's get into the chat and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is so lovely to have you here. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, thank you so much for asking me as well. I've been following you for quite a while now and I really, really enjoy reading your posts and loving what you're doing. So this is great. Thank you. Oh, I love that. We're going to have so much good stuff to talk about today. I can absolutely tell. Like just looking at all of your work, we're so on the same page with everything. And I just know that this is going to be such a useful interview for our listeners. So I'm just absolutely thrilled. So I've already introduced you in the introduction, so I just wanted you to really um, dive into. Today, I want this episode to be really tangible, helpful for the listeners, you know, and I think one thing that I love now about podcasts is kind of just get into the good stuff, the meaty bit, but I would love you to start with why you started Farm Life Fitness and what led you to starting this wonderful business that you now have. Yeah, so Farm Life Fitness uh, started probably officially maybe about seven years ago I kind of go off the age of our youngest son and um, after he was born I decided that it would be a great time to also start a business Um, and it was basically it started from a very personal space myself and my husband went through some pretty tough times in farming um, and I just realized there was no support out there when you live rurally or there is, but it's really, really hard to access. And there's not a lot of education and talk around the benefits of movement and the benefits of talking or for our mental and physical health. And then as I was, I was working in a physio at the time and I was watching people come in and we were rehabbing them. I was a rehab assistant and we were trying to rehab them and, get them back out there fighting fit and it was particularly uh, a rural demographic and they just weren't making the gains that they should have done and I really believe why was because we didn't have enough time to 
pay homage to what was going on outside of the physio room, you know, like socially, emotionally, mentally, you know, they came in for say a 30 minute appointment, but then we didn't, uh, we didn't have time to ask them what's going on on the farm at the moment. What's going on with your family? Cause all these things affect how our body works physically and mentally. So it's kind of a combination of very, very personal shitty for want of a better word experiences between myself and Warren and then just thinking you know what we need something rurally we need a service that anyone can access anywhere um because it's all online so even if you're in a station far up north or anywhere it doesn't matter there's something there and it can even be a starting point or um, a way to start exercise and just create space for physical and mental well-being Yes, I love that so much. And, of course, if you want to hear more and more about Louise's story and everything, she was the winner of the AgriFutures Rural Women's Award for WA this year. So there's been lots of fabulous info out there and, and stories and sharing of all of your good work. So it's obviously something that really resonated with a lot of people that we really do need this. And I, I just I love the way you've really found this way to bring it to everybody for a start because something that I feel really passionately about and is that there's so much done at the at the kind of the um at the end when when people are already in a lot of trouble you know and it's there's all this work and all this money put into getting more uh psychologists and all this sort of stuff down at the at the real problem end and so something that I'm really passionate about is this prevention which obviously you are as well and you know helping people so they don't actually get to that point so Tell us about, I'd love to know more about this connection between fitness. It, it sounds to me like a lot of the work that you do has been around fitness for mental health as much as anything. So what's the kind of the, the connection there? Because it's not just fitness, that you like physical fitness that your business is. It's, it's, it's the both. It's the combination of the two, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, they really do work in synergy. You know, our, our brain is connected to our muscles and, and just the other way around and, we can't deny the facts and the research and the science that shows that there are some amazing chemical changes in the body when we exercise. You know, there's endorphins, those happy hormones. Um, we They get released and, and we feel good. But I think on a more simpler level, level, you know, I would ask you, even yourself, when you exercise and you're, you become focused on something, how you feel afterwards. It's a pretty amazing feeling. And and the reason why is because, like, our brain works so hard during the day and it's so many overwhelms in the day. And even if it's nothing really stressful, you know, it's constantly, constantly working. And we need to give it time to rest because when we don't rest our brain is when the overwhelm hits and when we get stressed and then suddenly, you know, we, we cannot see a way out. And so by exercising and focusing on something in the present, like, I don't know, uh, going for a run or, or lifting weights or listening to someone tell you what to do. Our subconscious can do its work. It can fix itself and it can it can decompress what's happened during the day. And we just give ourselves a break. And so as well as, you know, the oxygen pumping around the body, the blood flowing around the body, which makes you feel good, which makes you feel happy, which makes you feel confident. It's actually, I think it's about giving our brain time to switch off and rest it. And then, you know, we come out of whatever exercise we're doing and, and we feel incredible. And yes, it's those endorphins. Yes, it's the hormones. But, you know, it's also just about giving your brain a break. And I just think, 
yeah, movement for mental health is key and it's just a way to switch off and give back to our body physically and back to our brain as well. Yes, and so this is the thing that so often people say, oh, but I'm doing physical work all day with my job, so that's enough. But it's not enough, is it? Because of all those things that you just said, it's, it's, the, it's the switching off and the actual focusing on the actual exercise that is the powerful part. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I, I guess particularly I, I work with, with farmers and, and, yes, there are times in, in their year where they are very active, you know, shearing or lambing, doing fencing and stuff. And so, yeah, you can't deny that they are moving, but they are moving and focusing on their job. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing. And so we're not giving them a break. And from a physical point of view we need to strengthen those muscles and the bones and everything else and so we need to actually I always say you know the first thing to do is to move but then once we've got that habit is to exercise with a bit of purpose as well and so yes I think movement in any form is is absolutely amazing and when we're working and moving on the job that's brilliant but yeah you're right like it's not the same as really really giving back to our bodies and separating the two Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's a that's a really important distinction to make. But yes, moving at all is good. But like, if you do it just for the purpose of exercise, it's, it's you know so much better for our mental health. So, so Louise, the big thing that I often think about is, and we all think about this, right? So we all know on some level that exercise and moving our bodies is good for us. Like it's just sort of one of the basic things that we grow up with. We know it's good for us. Yet so many of us find it so hard to actually do the exercise, commit to it, or there's a stop-start approach or there's all these things that happen. So first of all, could you just explain to us like why it's so hard for people to actually exercise and and to, to do this for themselves? Yeah, it's it I mean that's a huge thing is it isn't it and and if that problem wasn't in the way everyone would be we'd have a super fit and super healthy nation world probably. But I I think there's a couple of things and they're all mixed in with each other. I think we are constantly busy and so it is very hard to find the time to fit in exercise. But it's because we don't really place enough value on ourselves and exercise to put it into our day. So when I'm working with people, I'm like, look, 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes minimum, even even 10, 15 minutes. You know, you can get a lot from your body in 10 to 15 minutes. And it's 10 to 15 minutes really, really, really going to impact your day. If anything, it's going to positively impact your day. We know that when we exercise and when we give back to our body and brain, it increases productivity. But it's a massive thing to get our head around. And I think a lot of that actually, we say it's time. But I think it's actually guilt. Um, you know, I speak to, to farmers who are on the ground and if they're especially at busy times, and I totally understand that and respect that, you know, they don't want to stop seeding to exercise. They don't want to um, get up earlier if they've had a hard day or the last thing they want to do at the end of the day is exercise. So it's about um, making them understand that actually there's nothing wrong with fitting it into your day or, or working around that, you know, it's going to improve. And then when I speak to women who wear 10 million different hats during the day, you know, that they're, they're looking after, and this is for men as well, but they're looking after kids, they're running them around, 
you know, where's the time for them? And, and as soon as they start to put themselves first or think about it, this guilt comes in. It comes in and it takes over because we should be doing this or should be doing that. Um, and, you know, what are we going to do with the kids if we're exercising? And so these things just build up and build up. And then there's pressure to think that we should be doing something, a certain type of exercise. And I think it all just comes back to the fact that it plays on us mentally and emotionally, to be perfectly honest, rather than it actually being a time thing. Once we get over the time, once we logically see that we can fit it in and it doesn't make an impact, we then have to get over the guilt, I think, attached to it. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I, it's so true. You do definitely see that. So, so then how do we help people to get past that guilt? Like how do you help the clients that come to you? who really want to make this change, but there's all this, you know, you notice and, and they sort of start to notice that actually it's because they're stuck in the shorts and, you know, they're feeling guilty. Like how do we start to implement this change uh, and make it stick? Yeah. Uh, look, it's so such small steps that sometimes you don't even realise you're doing anything to impact it. And a lot of what I do is actually talking now to people uh, men and women they find this space and they love to talk about what's going on for them and when they when they clear their head when they can get rid of some of that brain fog from everything that's weighing them down they begin to see things a lot more clearly and I think that's what it is is allowing people to almost like download what's in their head and their stresses and go okay let's let's deal with this let's talk about this and then we tick that off and then we come on to the next thing and the next thing. So it's a, it's a really step-by-step process. And I think starting small and I know we hear this all the time, but finding out their reason why, like why is it important to them? And you know what? Men and women, all of us are the same. We want to lose weight. Um, you know, there's always something we can tone up in our body or there's always these few kilos that we want to drop. But then I say, okay, that's fine, but why? Like, why is that important to you? Shut your eyes or write it down and put yourself three to six months ahead. And if you've lost this weight or you've toned up, what does it look like? Does it mean that you're running around after your kids without having to stop? Does it mean that you are wearing clothes that, you know, sit in the back of your wardrobe and you feel confident and you feel good? Does it mean, that, and, and then from that, does it, you know, improve relationships between husbands and wives, kids and, and parents, friends, anything like that. And when we strip it back and we see that why, it's a lot easier for people to go, you know what, this is more important than just dropping a couple of kilos. This is about my future. And, and then it's just, you know, creating those small, tiny steps. Someone wants to run a marathon, they're not going to do it in a week. You know, they're going to they're going to walk, run for the first maybe couple of weeks. And, and who cares? That's totally fine. It doesn't matter. You're more likely to achieve that than going, OK, well, I'm going to run 5Ks the first day, you know, and then we pull up sore, it puts us off and we're back to square one. So starting small and realising the real why, I, I believe it's fundamental to, to making that change happen. Yes, I love that. And so so... Why do you think it is? I mean, obviously because we're so, you know, so focused on our appearances. So we've made it about our weight, but really it's it's not 
usually about that, is it? So, like, it's, is it easier to say, oh, you know, I'm trying to get to this number on the scale or I just want to lose this weight or, you know, and we're so focused on our appearance but really, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you delve into people's why, it's actually got, there's actually something so much deeper than just how they look. Oh, my God. Every 99.999999% of the time, and I would say that 0.0001%, it's just so deep in them that they just don't want to face it. Look, I look physical appearance is important. You know, we want to look good, we want to take care of ourselves, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But yeah, it, it's it goes so much further than that for people. And the two work in synergy, you know, when we feel physically good, we feel emotionally good. When we feel physically crap, we feel emotionally crap. And I and I think with the weight thing, sometimes it's because we can see a change. We put our feet on something and we can watch the numbers go down or depending even what time of the month is or anything like that, we see the numbers go up and that destroys us. So I think it's very good to have physical baseline measures. So I always do things like really old fashioned Queens College step test, you know, three minute step ups, measure your heart rate before and after that's a sign of amazing fitness when we see those numbers change. How long can you hold the plank for? How many squats can you do? Things like that really show strength and improvement. And then, you know, you go on, I always say a really, really good thing is your favorite item of clothing, go on how it feels. How does it feel? If we're feeling it's getting a little bit tighter, then yeah, that's that's a fine marker to go by. And we just might be aware of it um, and how your energy levels are and everything like that. So I think we can still have visual baseline markers, but I think we need to get more in touch with outside of those kilos. Like take that away and think of your energy levels. Think of, like I said, how long you can hold a squat, uh, a plank for or anything like that and change the way we're seeing it. And then ultimately what happens is we do start to tone, we might start to lose centimetres and those last few kilos that we think we need to suddenly find that they're going off in a really, really healthy, um, sustainable way as well. Yeah, you know, it's because I know that there's a lot of research that shows that, you know, what happens is people lose the weight and they actually don't feel any different. You know, they finally get to this magic number but they realise, oh, actually my life's still the same and I'm actually not any happier and all these sorts of things. And I think there was, I think it was like the biggest loser or they've done these studies into people who were, you know, really obese and super overweight and they lost all this weight and they and then they have all these other issues arise or something else comes up because actually now everyone's looking at them and the reason why they had all the weight is because they're actually hiding something else that they, you know, maybe they're abused as a child and so they didn't they don't want people looking at them like it's so complex and it's just so how do you deal with that with people like is there I imagine for a lot of people there's also you know it's so much easier just to focus on this number on the scale than actually to deal with all these deeper issues so is is that a big part of the reason why you've gone into like the mental support side of it as well as the physical because you realize that all the, a lot of the problems that people were dealing with were way more way deeper and they needed a lot of more support with you know, trying to get healthy. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I think, you know, like you said, there's so much research and, and if you look into to positive psychology, one thing that we know is that um, we might reach this number 
of of the scales and then we'll go oh well I still haven't got what I'm still not feeling really good like you said so now I'm going to go on again or now I want something else like and it's the same you know we hear all the time with upgrading a car or anything like that we get the car and then oh well now we're going to go for the next thing because we haven't worked out what makes us happy and you know particularly in rural um, locations and vocations because there's so much stress we think that you know just by exercising and changing the way we physically look and feel is going to change how we are perceived or how we perceive our how we perceive ourselves and and that's you're absolutely right that's why I focus more on the mental health and well being side because we have to get that right before anything else sticks and you know mental health and well-being is about talking about goals is about talking about habits is about talking about time management it's not always like you said it's prevention rather than cure you know it's not always talking about the stresses that we have and how it's very very important but if we can encourage people to strip it right back and, and like you said, prevent. So, okay, well, let's start talking about goals. Let's start talking about habits. Let's start talking about time management so that you never get to that point where you're completely overwhelmed. That has got to be a lot more sustainable and a, and a lot easier and manageable for everyone rather than letting people get to that very end point where we then need bigger interventions and more people involved, which is harder in rural locations. So, yeah, going back to what you said right back at the beginning about prevention and this is why I, I do what I do and spend more time talking than exercising with people at the beginning. Oh, 100%. It's just so important. And I think the the problem, well, the hard part is like it's easier to sort of think and to like not take accountability and responsibility for how you're showing up and it's not that it's easy. In fact, it's still hard because then you're dealing with all these problems from not doing the work. But, you know, to sort of to say, well, it's all up to me, and I'm the one that's responsible. No one else is going to save me. I have to make the change and I've got to do all this hard work. I've got to deal with these underlying issues. I've got to do the exercise. I've got to do all this stuff. Like that is so hard and so confronting. It's also the most empowering thing, but it's really hard for people, isn't it? So you can see why it's easier just to avoid it. Yes. But um, but I would love to know. So you, you work with men and women and, and there's some different things. So I've got some questions around the men, but I'd also love to know, like, what's the most common thing then that women come to you with because I like I love to normalize as much as possible but that you are not alone if you're listening to this going oh my gosh I find it so hard to get fit and healthy like so many people struggle with this don't they oh definitely and um I, I do think with the women it's an identity thing I think, you know, we have our online community, which is where we do exercise and um, their live workouts, but do them any time. So exercise is really important. But when I talk to them, it's it's kind of like some of them are saying, oh, you know, I've, we've had the kids and now they're getting older and they don't need me as much. And I, I sort of dabble in the farm, you know, I, I do the books, um, nothing wrong with that at all but I don't like it when they say oh I just do the books or I just run meals out or something like that you know if they didn't run the books or they didn't run meals out where the hell would that business be and farming is a business it's exactly the same as anything else so I think giving them a place to talk about their identity 
um, and knowing that doing the juggle between parenting, working, farm, farming life or, or social life, God, it's so hard. And <laughs> I, I talk to some women and I do not know how, they, and some men who, who roll reverse, um, and I don't know how they do it. And I just think celebrating them and validating them and so, yeah, their identity, but giving them the confidence to know that they're doing a freaking incredible job and it is okay for them to fit in some time for themselves. And it is okay for them to put their kids in front of the TV so that they're still and so that they have that time to themselves. If they choose that, there is nothing wrong with that. So I definitely think like identity, confidence, and then that, that guilt as well. I think is the, the biggest things I see in women. Mm, it is giving yourself the permission to, to take care of yourself, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, we spend, it's cliched and we know it, we spend so much time giving back to others. You know, it is it is innate. Women are generally more caring. There's science behind it. There's research behind it. So it's it's not a case of, them and me it's not a case of this is what I'm expected it is deep within us and yes um we sometimes fall into those roles if we don't communicate with each other about what we want but it's in that you know we do care and I often say to my husband like oh how was your day and he's like great and, and he 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 gives me very physical stresses like you know in the sheep yards or something and I'm like oh I didn't really have that but I feel like I've thought about 90 billion things today in my head whilst also planning what's for dinner whilst also planning work and he's like ah oh. because they they're just you know they our brains are different as well and so we have all those struggles and I just think yeah giving yourself permission to switch off like you said that permission word is valuable I think to women as well to switch off and pay back to themselves is so important yes absolutely and so I'd love you to tell us then so it's January and we're all sort of pepped up we've got like New Year's resolutions and we're all excited and my topic you know for this month is kind of you know our energy and how we can kind of get ourselves ready for the new year and like and actually make this year that we do make the changes if we want to and all that sort of stuff so where do you suggest is the is the best you know how does someone get started on this like do they come see you or do they <laughs> download an app or do they you know what's the best place to start if they're thinking okay I really do want to work on my well-being and my fitness this year and first of all let's not worry about the weight not forget about the number on the scale like you just want to you know figure out what it is that for you makes you feel good and fit and healthy and 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 have good well-being like where do they start do you know what you said, and I don't know whether you realise you said or not, but you said the words, if we want to, and I think that is so, so, so important. Like I hate the word should. I think it should be thrown out the dictionary. It puts too much pressure on. So we, especially in January when it's still quite busy, we need to figure out what we want to do that makes us happy not oh I've had um you know Christmas and New Year now I should be going to this boot camp or I should be doing this or I should be doing that you know January is still school holidays so I think there is it, we don't use that as an excuse for not doing anything but we use it as a reason to take it really steady and spend time thinking out exactly what we want and 
you know, that can be, you know what, I just want to fit in movement or exercise twice in my week. Perfect. If you weren't doing that before, you are already winning with twice a week and, and celebrate it as well. But note how I didn't say seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Even if you think you can, that's great. But there's you start off slow, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Oh, I wonder how many cliche sayings I can get out today. But <laughs> it, it, it is, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, they can come to me, they can come to you, they can get an app. But there are people like us that genuinely want to help and you don't have to do it alone. You know, it's it's not something else you need to take on and wear like a badge that you're trying to do everything by yourself. You know, let people take the load, let them help you and make it easy. Make something easy on yourself by letting other people um give you the knowledge, give you the structure, give you the accountability, because that is a huge thing is accountability. Um, But get a clear, you know, figure out what really lights you up as well. And that often invigorates then what you really want to change, I think, if that makes sense, you know, not just lighting you up with exercise wise, but what lights you up in your life. And sometimes you'll notice that there are things that we have accidentally put in our way that are blocking us from keeping that fire alive. And by just spending some time, quiet time, which might be hard for a lot of people in January, but quiet time really figuring out those things, I think is a great place to start. And then, yeah, letting other people do some of that work for you. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm, Sorry. Keeps me in a job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's so much that is absolutely right. We are not meant to do this stuff alone. We need support and we need, you know, people around us. We need connection. We need all of this stuff to make it work. And it's, it's so, so important. And we can't, you know, it's really, really hard to do it by ourselves. And the other thing you said, which I absolutely love, is what lights you up? You know, so many of the women that I speak to have not ever or for a very long time thought about what they actually want and what, what actually lights them up, you know, and I think, you know, so what I'm hearing from you is it's such a holistic kind of way to approach this, isn't it? It's not just like, it's literally not just go and do your classes and, you know, you'll be okay. Like there's so much more to it. And and this is why I think often people struggle so much to go and get fit and to start doing things because they don't realise that it's not just about, it's not just the showing up for the class, is it? No, no, definitely not. It it there's all there's always an end result you know at the end of the class you know I say you know it might be tough to get up and do it but you're gonna feel good afterwards you know I don't think there's anyone that has said they felt worse after a workout than before so we get those short changes but you're right it's it's so much more than than just showing up and I think it 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 it, doesn't prove a lot but so say for example I've had people come and they say oh and I've used it a couple of times already I want to run a marathon in a year and then we strip the back and we go okay so what does running a marathon really mean well it means that you've got to have good time management you've got to have really good communication with the rest of your family you've got to have a good relationship with the rest of your family so you can communicate and so they can understand why you're doing it and what they need to do to help you and they're going to be your cheerleaders it means that you need to be on top of your food intake as well so you want to start to be 
educated on on food so it doesn't mean you want to run a marathon it means you want to be a runner and it's the same when you do the classes it doesn't mean you just want to do one class and finish it it means that you want that whole holistic approach to what it means to being part of the class um, or being part of a boot camp from start to finish and and realizing that and that's where you know you can find what lights you up because you'll see the really uh important things within that time and you can focus on that and tick that off once you've got that going then you work on the next thing like time management or food or something like that and then you start to tick those things off but start with yeah what what lights you up and everything gets a lot easier (laughs) oh yes and and also that's what leads to the lasting change I think you know because then you're doing all this deeper work which you know, again, is can be so hard and, and, and a lot more work because sometimes we don't really want to deal with all of that stuff, but it's what will make the change over the longer term rather than it just being this thing that you start and then stop, I think. Yeah, and, and I, I guess you were fine with what you do as well. Like you, you put all these changes into one area, but actually they make changes into whole different areas because you can pick up one thing that has changed and you can actually transfer that to something else in your life as well and you and so it's not you know each time you bring on a new goal sometimes it's not about recreating the wheel it's just about going what you have learned from something else and transferring that over and that and and it does start to become easier because you're just building this this self this different self where they're positive changes that can only transfer positively into other parts of your life as well Yes, I love that so much. And so we're nearly going to wrap up, but I just I do have one more question for you, which has been on my, I mean, it's always on my mind, something that's always on my mind, and I think for a lot of women probably, but as you know, speaking to a friend recently, and her husband's fairly stressed, it's harvest time, you know, we're leading into Christmas, they've been unwell all year, probably, you know, not looking after themselves, if at all, really taking care of themselves. And this is for a husband, you know, so how can we, is it, is it sort of like part of your work too, I guess, is like teaching the women and then so then they can lead by example and the, the, the more we all feel good, the, the more that helps everybody else. But how else can we help the men in our lives? Because I know a lot of women do struggle with this because, you know, sometimes even if we're doing the exercise and trying to be fit like they're not, how can we help the men in our lives to do, do this work as well? Oh, my God, it's so hard, isn't it? And from... <laughs> personal experience I will say that I've you know I set up Farm Life Fitness like I said seven years ago but I've been with my husband for a bit longer than that and been doing this work for a long time and um, you know I can tell him all these things and verge on I will say nagging but it comes from a place of pure and good intentions and he won't do it yet when someone else tells him the same thing it's like it's he's never heard it before and the penny has dropped so I totally understand that it's really really hard but what I will say is I think leading by example is awesome (laughs) no matter what we think they do take notice and I think for a number of reasons you know they don't want to stand in our way of doing what we want to do they don't want to deny us the rights to move or anything like that. And so they are encouraging in their own way. Yes, they may grumble if it gets in the way of something they're doing, but deep down, they're super proud of us. I know that. So, and so they're obviously taking notice, but asking them 
to change their routines or habits in a busy time is not going to help them at all. There is no point in, I don't think, in pressuring anyone. Let's use harvest for an example and let's just say for ease, December, all of December. I know it doesn't, but let's just say that's when it is. So there is no point in, say, the second or third day in December nagging them and going oh you know you need to what are you going to do to move today or shall we get up earlier and go for a walk there I would do it as well I would just bulk I would no way that's not happening so I think I definitely think helping by just doing things that we can do to make their life a little bit easier, whether it's with food or anything, or just being asking them how their day is going and genuinely listening to them or giving them a call during the day. Now that's not going to impact their movement, but it's just going to, again, free their heads and, and make it clearer. And then when they finish harvest or anything, The words like, oh, maybe you might need to, you know, think about exercising or dropping that little bit of weight or something like that isn't probably the right way to do it. Instead, ask them to come on a walk and just do that a walk 10 minutes like or get get the kids and and get them playing outside. It's not about tricking them. It's just about doing things that resonate with them and yeah it might feel like oh I shouldn't have to do this with them they should want to do it and they do but when we are overwhelmed or we've come off the back of a very busy month it's really really hard to clear our head but just and keeping it consistent so I'm doing it not men but I'm doing it with the boys at the moment like I my old our eldest he's very emotional he's very angry and I know that movement is really important for him but if I tell him that and I just say you're going to come out and do this he will not do it so Warren and I have talked and we're just going to make it a really relaxed habit on a Saturday morning where we go out and we do a little bit of a workout thrown in with some hockey or just hitting the ball around and if and if and I think we set our expectations low if whoever we're asking to join in with us does 10 minutes out of a 30 minute thing we have planned that's a win. And it's really hard for us because we know the benefits of it, but they've got to want to come to the party themselves. And so we can guide and we can choose our words right. But what I will say is that it has got to come from them at some point, you know, and um, you can shove literature in their face or you can tell them this or tell them that. But if we get that wrong at the right time, they're just going to think we're nagging. And if we do it too much, they're just not going to look. So I think it's really small, subtle changes that we can and, and make it as a family, do the whole thing. You know, it's not us and them. I know I'm at my best when Warren is my biggest cheerleader. And I know he's at his best when I'm his biggest cheerleader. So celebrating the wins. Sorry, I feel like I'm going off a very big tangent here, but celebrating their wins and validating them and realizing that it is probably going to take a couple of months of slowly, slowly, slowly. Like I said, strip it back. I've said it all the way through, take things slow. So that should be no exception. Just because we're in this really good place and we've got our habits, we have to remember what it was like at the beginning for us and put ourselves in their shoes. And we might need to see 
what lights them up. Men and women think very differently. Men don't think about that as much. So we can help them see what lights them up and do more of that, whether it's kicking a footy or going for a walk. We do more of that and we bring that into their lives, I think. That's that's the way I would do it. <laughs> oh, that was such good advice. I was just like, yes, that is, that is just amazing. And I, I think that is just, yeah, just the most beautiful advice. There's a, a few things that came up for me there. One is... First of all, I was thinking about just the leading by example and the thing, you know, they, that, that thing about is the five people you spend the most time with is who you become. And I'm thinking, well, you know, if Absolutely. you as a partner is doing the work and you're showing up really beautifully and, you know, feeling great about life, then of course that's going to impact the rest of the family just by default. No worries about it. Um, and it just, I, I think that is a really important thing. And then the other thing that I thought of that came to my mind when you were talking there was, so recently I've had a parent ask me if they're, children can learn to meditate but my mentor said to me she will not teach children unless their parents have learned to meditate and I was like yes that is so true because otherwise what can happen is you know we just think oh we'll just sort our kids out like they've got the problems we'll just get them to learn to meditate but you know so much more powerful for everybody if the whole family unit and that's why I think that's just so beautiful when you're saying like we're just all going to go as a family on the weekend so it's it's also not that pointing the finger like, well, you just need to go and get fit and sort your own crap out. It's like we're going to do this all together and we're all going to take responsibility and accountability and and, and so, much, so much more rich and beautiful that experience then too. Yeah, definitely. And then I think it really does, you kind of get this synergy definitely um, and again, I'm using myself and, and Waza as this, but I, I've heard other couples say this, you know, when when they're both, on the same path, which is want to improve their mental health and well-being, they become more accommodating to each other as well. And and they are they you know for example Warren will will say um, you go out and do do your exercise at four in the afternoon. Oh, I've got the kids after school. Like I'll get them their snack and do their lunch boxes and stuff. And you just have that time to yourself. And then I'll say, you know, in the morning, he's much more of a morning person. So he gets up and goes out at five in the morning to do his exercise. Our kids are early risers. So I'm like, well, just go, go and do that. And I've got the kids in the morning. And it's not, a, well, you did this. So now you have to, now you have to do that. It's just being accommodating because we both realize how important and how amazing it is. And we want the other person to succeed. You know, it, being each other's cheerleader is so important as well so definitely when we get that whole family thing going you know it's it doesn't always work out as planned I've had tantrums and I'm not doing this this is stupid um (laughs) stuff like that and I have to let go of a lot of control um but yeah just remembering that it doesn't come easy for everyone but accommodating and allowing for that and doing it as a unit, I think, can go so, so far. Yeah, I just absolutely love that. I think it's such great advice. And, yeah, it makes us all part of it too rather than just, you know, one of us is out there doing it on our own. I think that is a lot harder when you're just the only one trying to do it. So the more we can involve everybody in the family and it's just that sort of becomes what we do as a family rather than, you know, yeah, dad are doing that weird thing by themselves. So I think it's <laughs> just such great advice and, and such a good example for our kids and, and you know, then other people in our communities as well because it's, it is so infectious and we need people to let be leading by example and, and it does be, you know, people notice that you're 
feeling better and you you know you seem happier and all that kind of stuff and they get curious oh I wonder what they're doing you know so the more we all do it the better it is for everyone around us so I love that was just the best advice I thought so thank you because I know that is such a thing that so many people struggle with is how to support people around them in their lives so thank you and I think that's a lovely place where I've got one more question for you, which is it, it's not like a, it's not a related to changing habits or anything like that question. Ooh, but okay. <laughs> surprising. <laughs> I just want, I'm really interested, like what's your favourite podcast or favourite book or where are you, you know, because you're probably like me and like doing a lot of learning and listening and, you know, doing all that stuff all the time. So I'd love to know, have you got a favourite podcast at the moment or a book or somewhere that you go to kind of get inspiration or learn at the moment that's like, top of mind for you yeah I apps do absolutely love uh podcasts I listen to them a lot and I do have uh, a few of different ones depending how I'm feeling like one I absolutely love is Hamish and Andy because oh god I just if I don't want to learn anything or I don't want to listen to anything like too intense oh my god put them on and I actually laugh out loud um and so I enjoyed that but probably the ones where if I feel like I just either want to listen to other people's stories or anything like that is definitely um the imperfects have you heard of that yeah that's a really cool one and um Oh, what's the other one? It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh, um, the A Life of Greatness. Oh, I um, Sarah Greenberg. Yeah, she's had some really, really good people on there. And then ones like Ducks on the Pond as well. That's a great one. Um, I just, do you know what? I've got such an eclectic taste on my podcast, but they're the top three that I would um, listen to just to hear people's, inspirational stories and I always learn something from there and it's not so much something that you could read from a book but it's how people have faced challenges and well maybe it's a good thing to try and practice for ourselves and then the last one is probably all in the all in the mind the um ABC ones because they're good I think they're really good teaching learning ones it's all about mental and emotional uh well-being so yeah they're my top four or five if you count Hamish and Andy (laughs) Oh, I'll listen to the Mamma Mia Out Loud Girls for my like zone out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just yes. like, it feels very, it's like comforting. I love it. It's just, yeah, gives, yes. gets back, but don't have to think too much. So I love those recommendations. I'm so glad I asked that because uh, there's a couple there that I sort of have heard of but haven't listened to. So I just love fresh material. So thank you, Louise, for sharing that. It's no awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I think you're going to, I mean, I could definitely talk to you all day. I've got so much more stuff that I want to talk to you about. I have to get you back on, I think, because um, I think we can cover off on lots of different things, but it's been so great and so much valuable information there for people just to, yeah, it's just normalising it and and showing that it is possible and what you can do. And it's not, it's definitely not easy, but there's ways to do it. And the work that you do is just so important. And I thank you so much. And thank you so much for your time today. It's been so lovely. Oh, you are very welcome. Yeah, I feel like we could talk forever and, and I would absolutely love to have you come on to the Farm Life podcast as well because then we can continue our talk yes. and uh, we can talk more about you because I think what you are doing is incredible as well and I'd love everyone, anyone that's working in mental health and wellness, physical mental health and wellness, you know, spread the love, spread the word and uh, we can only go from better places from there. 
Oh, 100%. Thank you so much, Louise. It's been absolutely lovely. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. See you guys. Bye, Louise. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of the rural rockstar if you enjoyed the show then please rate and review and share don't worry if you didn't enjoy it just keep that to yourself and if you would like more from me i offer coaching and i would love to work with you you can also check out my newsletter this rural life via the show notes or also the link in my bio in my instagram or facebook and if there's anyone that you'd love to hear from on the show then I would love to hear about that because I'm always looking for wonderful people to interview on the show and to share their wisdom with you. So please do let me know. And thank you for listening. See you guys.